ومخرج الصبر من الألم فملق التوبة على الندم فنشكره على المصائب كما نشكره على النعم ونصلي على رسوله الأكرم بالشرف الأشم والنور الأتم والكتاب المحكم وكمال النبيين والقاتم سيد ولد آدم الذي بشر به عيسى بن مريم ودعا لبعثته إبراهيم عليه السلام حين كان يرفع القواعد بيت الله المحرم فصلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى أتباعه خير الأمم الذين بارك الله بهم كافة الناس العرب منهم العجم الحمد لله الذي لم يتخذ ولدا ولم يكن له شريك في الملك ولم يكن له ولي من الذل وكبره تكبيرا والحمد لله الذي أنزل على عبده الكتاب ولم يجعل له عوجا والحمد لله الذي نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبد الله ورسوله أرسله الله تعالى بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا فصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن شر الأمور محدثاتها وإن كل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم فأتياه فقول إن رسول ربك فأرسل معنا بني إسرائيل ولا تعذبهم قد جئناك بآية من ربك والسلام على من اتبع الهدى رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقدة من لساني يفقهوا قولي واللهم ثبتنا عند الموت بلا اله الا الله اللهم اجعلنا من الذين امنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر امين يا رب العالمين. Today I'd like to talk to you about a glimpse from the life of Musa alayhi salam and a particular phrase that Allah taught him to say and the wisdom that we can learn from that and bring into our own lives. I pray Allah allows us to bring the wisdom of the Quran into our lives. So the conversation that Allah had with uh, Musa alayhi salam on top of the mountain of Fur has been mentioned on multiple occasions in the Quran. And every time Allah mentions it, He highlights some details that are not highlighted in other places. So Surah Taha, the 20th Surah of the Quran, is one such place. And here, part of the conversation, Allah is telling Musa alayhi salam what to go and say to the Pharaoh. Right? And there are other places in the Qur'an where Allah has told him what to go and say in more brief language. But here we find some more details that we don't find in other places. So one of the things that he wanted him and his brother Harun السلام, to say is as follows. He said, uh, go, uh, both of you go to him, فقوله, then both of you should say, ربك, we are both messengers of your master." We are both messengers of your master. So now they're not just representing their own God, their own master. Like another place in the Quran, Inna Rasulu Rabbil Alameen, in Surah Al-Shu'ara. We, we are both the messenger of the master of all nations and all people. But now it's more personal towards Fir'aun. We came on behalf to deliver a message from your master. So this is even far more offensive from a, from a realistic point of view, from a political point of view, than even the other statement in Surah Al-Shu'ara, and I want you to understand that. A king 
when back in the day when you meet the king, there's supposed to be some kind of decorum. You're supposed to show some kind of manners. Uh, and you get a, it's a very special privilege that you even get access to have a conversation with the king. It's not a small thing. Nowadays, for example, if you're going to meet with a president or a, a prime minister or even kings in the world, before you can meet them, there's supposed to be an orientation. They're supposed to be, hey, this is how you're supposed to meet with him. When he comes, this is how you say hello, et cetera, et cetera. I've had the opportunity to meet heads of state a number of times in my life. And every time there's an orientation and there are different kinds of formalities you're supposed to follow. So, for example, when I met a Tuanku in Malaysia, a, a royal is called a Tuanku in Malaysia. Uh, because they're Muslim, they took some of the practices that used to be there from before Islam and they Islamified them. They developed Islamic versions of them. So before Islam, you used to hold your hands and go like this, but we don't bow to anybody in Islam. So they still hold their hands, but they put the hand up. So this was the formality you're supposed to show to the king. Regardless, when you walk into the king, you, ex you expect anywhere in the world throughout history, such an honor to meet you, great king, thank you for the, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And plus, back in the day, kings... Um, they had the license on the official religion of the, the nation. So the religion of the king, in a sense, was part of the religion of the nation. And rejecting the religion of the king is like rejecting the king himself. So if you, don't, if you just decide to follow your own religion and reject the religion of the king, you are considered a traitor. This is an act of treason, punishable by death. In fact, that's what Surah Al-Kahf is about also. The young people of the cave who decided not to worship anyone other than Allah were actually insulting the local king. That's what they were. This is why they were punishable by death. It's not like, oh, you're a Muslim, you should be killed. It's not that simple. Because back in the day, and actually even today in many places in the world, religion and politics are confused with each other. And especially in kingdoms, this is the case. So, Musa salam is supposed to walk into the, the king's court along with his brother Harun. You should remember, even though Musa salam, is considered a royal because he was raised in the palace, or ethnically he's still from Bani Israel, but his brother is actually considered a slave. So he's not considered royal at all. So even them getting access to the court is going to be a big problem. But Allah is not even mentioning, you're, you're going to make it, don't worry about it. You'll get there. But once you get there, Imagine the king's court. He's got a, up high up on stage. He's got his security guards, advisors, this entire scene. Like somebody nowadays, a similar scene to if somebody got a chance to address parliament or something, right? So they have their down tier and the people that are in charge are sitting up on top of higher chairs. So you have to look up to them. This is designed on purpose because you're supposed to look up to your leaders. They're supposed to look up to the people in authority. <clears throat> So now he's supposed to walk in there, and the first things, one of the first things he's supposed to say is, Inna Rasul Rabbik. Go to him and say, We are messengers that came on behalf of your master. As if to say, You are not the ultimate master, you're not the king, there's a king above you, and he's your king, in fact, your master, in fact, and we came to deliver a message on his behalf. This is what you consider an act punishable by death. This is an act punishable by death. And this is what he is told to go and say. So Allah tells him, both of you go, you know, first make this demand and put him in his place. And the very next thing, the very next thing is, Therefore, because you have a master above you, 
that master gets to tell you what to do and he's telling you what to do, which is what all the sons of Israel that you keep as slaves, you better let them come with us. We're here to demand on behalf of the ultimate authority over you that we get to walk away with these slaves of yours. Right? Now, forget Fir'aun. Imagine going to like a prison warden and saying, I came on behalf of the ultimate authority. All these prisoners are coming with me if you know what's good for you. Next thing you know, you'll be in the jail cell. Right? You're in no position to make such a demand. And on top of that, a king cannot allow for this kind of a statement to go unpunished. Because if he doesn't punish this, somebody else might say, oh, he's weak. Then I can talk like that too. So the king has to make an example out of you. He has to execute you, he has to torture you for running your mouth in this way. But Allah has commanded him to say this. And this is the ayah that I wanted to focus on. This is still one ayah. And don't you torture them. Don't torture the sons of Israel. And we have come to you with a miracle from your master. We have come to you with a sign from your master. Now, at the end of all of this is a statement, which is actually what this khutbah is about. So they, Allah has commanded both of them to go and make this bold, certain death kind of statement. And then at the end of that, the, the conclusion of this ayah is, وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَى مَنِ اتَّبَعَ الْهُدَى And peace and safety. Actually, salam includes in it al-ikram. That's why we say something like, وَالسَّلَامٌ عَلَى الْمُرْسَلِينَ For example, right? So it includes... Not honor also. So peace, safety, and honor. These meanings, these three meanings are included inside the word salam. So when I say to somebody, assalamu alaikum, I'm actually extending three things to them at the least. I'm extending peace to them. I'm extending safety to them, which means they're safe from my tongue and my hands. They're safe from my intentions. I intend no harm towards them. And on top of that, I honor them. Now imagine if we actually applied assalamu alaikum when we said assalamu alaikum, we'd be a different people, right? But anyway, he said, وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَى مَنِ اتَّبَعَ الْهُدَى Musa salam. now at the end of this statement, everything was about Fir'aun, you remember, right? From the very beginning, we came as a messenger of your master. So you must send the Israelites with us. You must send the Israelites with us. We have brought you a sign. Don't you torture them. You, 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 and you. Everything is specific about Fir'aun. But at the end... Allah gives them an axiom, a principle that applies to everyone. It's not about Fir'aun anymore. By the end of this statement, it's about everyone. What is that statement? And peace, safety, and honor will fall upon anybody who was going to follow the guidance. Anybody who would have followed guidance, then they will get these three things. That's a pretty remarkable statement. Because if you, if you think about it, Musa السلام, is going to walk in there and he already is accused of being a killer. He's already accused of being a killer. And there are, there's already a plan. If they had found him, they would have killed him. So his safety is in question. His safety is in question. There's no way he can be at peace because he's walking into a war zone. And on top of that, he knows that the Pharaoh, as arrogant as he is, when you try to correct someone, or challenge someone who is arrogant, they respond by humiliating you. So his honor is in question. Every meaning of salam is going to be taken away from Musa alayhi salam when he makes this statement. But the concluding statement is, وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَى مَنِ اتَّبَعَ الْهُدَى And whoever has followed the guidance, 
Salam falls upon them. Peace falls upon them. Safety falls upon them. Honor falls upon them. It is as if this statement includes for him and his brother, because they are following Allah's guidance, there's nothing you can do to humiliate me. No matter what attempts you make, they won't work because Allah has honored me by me following the guidance. There's nothing you can do to take my safety away. There's nothing you can do to take my peace away because I'm the one following the guidance. And further, he's now flipping the, this, this table, turning the table, and he's challenging Fir'aun and saying, in fact, I know that you don't have salam. Allah has informed me that you may have a palace, you may have a military, you may have an entire nation that you're powerful enough to enslave. You may be so revered by your people that they call you a god and you have the audacity to call yourself a god. Multiple places in the Quran. But you know what? In deep inside your heart, you don't feel safe. Deep inside your heart, you don't feel honored. You don't feel peace inside. You could have security outside, sounds like it's safe. But you don't feel safe in here. In fact, another place in Surah Al-Qasas in the Quran, Allah says, وَنُرِيَا فِرْعَوْنَ وَهَمَانَ وَجُنُودَهُمَا مَا كَانُوا يَحْذَرُونَ مِنْهُمْ مَا كَانُوا يَحْذَرُونَ We wanted to show the Pharaoh and Haman and their armies that from the Israelites, we wanted to show them the thing that they had been fearing. You would imagine, why would Allah mention that the Fir'aun had fear? Fir'aun has all the army, Fir'aun has all the power, he has all the, all the might. He, he controls the capital and the labor, everything. How come he's in, in a state of fear? This is Allah describing a powerful universal reality. Safety, respect, peace. These things don't come from stuff that's outside. People think, okay, if I have a really high paying job, or I have a really flashy car, or if I have this much money, then I'm safe. Or then people will respect me. If I get this degree, then people will respect me. If I get this house in this neighborhood, then people will respect me. Then I'll have safety. Then I'm going to have peace inside. People are running after things, you and I, we're running after things to make ourselves feel something good inside. And you can feel entertained. You can watch a comedy movie and laugh. You can play some sports and feel you know feel good about yourself. You can get a high or a good feeling. But there's one thing that seems to keep escaping you and me. And you know what that is? You don't feel at peace inside. You feel anxious inside. In fact, a lot of times the activities that people do, a lot of times the, the fact that you're scroll, you know, scrolling on TikTok for 10 seconds, then the next thing, then the next thing, then the next thing, the fact that you can't get off of your device, the fact that you want to watch one show and then you're restless to watch the next one and then the next one and then the next one. And when there's nothing, I need to go eat out somewhere. I need to go for a drive somewhere. You're agitated. You can't be at peace. You're, you're, you can't live with yourself. You can't live with your thoughts. And then you have, on top of that, you have trouble sleeping. And when you sleep, you don't have peaceful sleep. Right? So even though on the outside, you have money, you have a fancy device, you have the internet connection, you have everything on the outside, but there's something just doesn't feel right on the inside. You can't, you can't buy it. You can't subscribe to it. You can't own it. It just seems to be missing all the time. And you, nobody can tell you that it's missing. You're the only one who can confess to yourself it's missing. I'm the only one who can say, yeah, this thing is missing. And Musa salam, is standing in a place where all of the safety, security, and respect is taken away from him from the outside. But he is so confident in saying, Was salamu ala man ittaba al huda. 
peace falls on, peace, safety, honor falls on anybody who's followed Allah's guidance. It's an incredible offer that Allah is giving to Fir'aun. You may have what everyone on earth would ever have wanted. Human beings run after power. They run after fame. They run after respect. They run after control. He has all of those things. If you, if you think about from the materialistic sense, every human being that wants to achieve something at, at one point or another, they may, they, they may not want the personality of Fir'aun, but they certainly want the possessions of Fir'aun. They certainly want the lifestyle of Fir'aun in some way or the other. They want their own castle. They want their own people working for them. They want their own slave labor. <laughs> you know, they, they want these things. They want to be on top in some way, on top of a pyramid in some way, pun intended. Right? That's, that's what they want in life. And he has all of those things. And Musa salam is telling him something from Allah. There's something you don't have. And that is this peace. That is this peace inside. That is this safety inside. That is the honor. You don't even feel like you're dignified yourself. Because that can only come from Allah Azza wa Jal. And, the, and this offer is open to anybody. Let's talk about that for a moment. This person, this individual, hasn't done a small amount of crimes. Basically, there's two kinds of sins you can do. You can do sins against people. And you can do sins against Allah. Basically, right? You lied to somebody. You hurt somebody's feelings. You cheated somebody. You stole from somebody. You committed a sin against people. When you were arrogant and you were ungrateful and when you were forgetful and you refused to humble yourself before Allah, you refused to do dhikr of Allah, when, when all of those things, or you didn't abide by what he considers haram, right? Then these are not crimes. They may not be crimes against people, but they are crimes against Allah Azza wa The poster child for crimes against people and crimes against Allah combined, the highest kinds of crimes against people and the highest kinds of crimes against Allah is Fir'aun. That's why he's mentioned over and over in, again in the Quran. As far as a sinner is concerned, you don't get much higher than Fir'aun. Because he's responsible for humiliating people, for subjugating people, for killing thousands upon thousands upon thousands of innocents. Those are some of his crimes against humanity. And on top of that, forget not worshipping Allah or being forgetful of Allah. He calls himself God. You don't get worse than that. That's, that's pretty high up there. That's worse than an atheist. That's way up there. He's like, forget not believing in an ilah. I believe in an ilah. That would be the guy in the mirror. That's the level he's reached. And so for that kind of a wretched human being, like, you know, you know capital sin with a capital S doesn't begin to cover what this guy represents. And yet, when Musa salam comes to him, he's making him an offer, peace, safety, and honor shall fall upon anybody who were to follow the guidance, including you. In other words, even your slate can be wiped clean. With all the stuff that you've done, all of it that you've done, all the baggage that you have, all the crimes that you've committed. You know, we live in, 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 in American society, there's an interesting and a, and a tragic phenomenon, right? People that get incarcerated, people that get arrested for a crime, and they serve time in prison. It's on their record. When these people come back into society, they have a harder time finding a job because they've been convicted with a felony. So they have a harder time, you know, assimilating back into society. And so because society rejects them, neighborhoods reject them, they apply for a rental application. They have to fill out a criminal, you know, background check. 
and the background check doesn't doesn't check out oh you were incarcerated you had this you had this you know a, a drug conviction and or whatever a you know drunk driving conviction a murder conviction whatever conviction it was right and now they can't get a place to rent they can't get a job they can't move on that's that sin or that crime whatever it was that is now a label they must wear for the rest of their life and for a lot of those people they don't even see an option to make their way back into normal society again so they're like the only people that are ready to take me in are people that are offering me to live continue my life of crime right so a lot of people you know end up in a revolving door because of this system of oppression that's been created nobody's allowed to move past their mistake they're not allowed to redeem themselves what is this ayah teaching us about redemption that even the pharaoh the human beings will never forget what he did they will never forget his crimes there are people whose families he destroyed how can they forget how can they just move on they're never going to forgive him in the worldly sense but allah is offering a different kind of offer people are not willing to forgive you people are not willing to forget your mistakes and maybe you yourself are not willing to forget your mistakes you keep thinking about them you keep beating yourself up over them but then you just take this one statement wassalamu ala man ittaba'a al-huda and you realize how universal this is how powerful this statement is that allah is offering you me and every human being on the face of this earth a chance at living at peace with themselves living a life of dignity and honor realizing that honor and dignity does not come or cannot be taken away from the words of others you see even though musa alayhi salam is an honored messenger of allah and we respect him we say alayhi salam we honor him because he's the most mentioned messenger in the quran at the same time when the firaun was talking to him he said wala yakadu yubin I'm, I'm, I'm going to follow this guy, this humiliated convict. Look, he's got a stutter. He can't even talk clearly. He can't even do that. Even in the course of this conversation, the Fir'aun hurled insults at Musa salam. What are we learning about that? We're learning that people's words don't take away your honor. People's comments cannot take away who you are to Allah. And therefore, they should not take away who you are to yourself. Who you are, and as hurtful as they are, as hurtful as they are. Think about Maryam Salamun Alayha, one of the most honored women in Islam. Isn't that so? A woman mentioned by name in the Quran. No other prophet, you get to hear, you know, Nuh, Ibn, and you don't hear the name. But you don't hear, you don't hear about Nuh Salam's father. You know, and even when the father is mentioned, Ibrahim Salam, it's not mentioned in a good light. You know, it's not mentioned in a good light. But Isa alayhi salam, Allah honors this woman so much. He says, Isa ibn Maryam. He mentions her name. He highlights her. This is a surah dedicated by her name. And this woman was so humiliated publicly by people. She was so degraded by the comments of people. Then she was afraid of facing that. She wished she could be dead before she had to face them. I want you to understand that contradiction. People humiliating someone is not the same as Allah humiliating them. People humiliating someone is not the same as Allah humiliating them. The highest honor you can get, one of the highest honors you can get is the angels of Allah descend to speak to you on behalf of Allah. 
That's Maryam Salamun Aliya. And on the flip side, she's the one that's going to be yelled at in public and shamed in public for holding a baby in her hands at the same time. So we often take, we, we perceive ourselves, we perceive our place, we perceive our sense of safety based on what others want us to see. People, the impression people cast on us, we make that a permanent part of how we see ourselves. But there's one thing here that Allah has offered, and if we just commit to that, then we're okay. And this is what I'm going to leave you with. Whoever followed the guidance. What is it so hard about? What is so hard about following Allah's guidance? Is not Fir'aun wasn't told to fast 30 days. He wasn't told to make Hajj. Fir'aun wasn't told, you know, to to observe halal meat. He wasn't, the Sharia hadn't even been revealed yet. The only thing he was being told, the only thing was to humble himself and not hurt people. Be grateful to Allah, acknowledge your Rabb, and don't hurt people. We happen to have a Sharia, we happen to have things that are made haram for us. And by the way, all the things that are made haram for us are only things that are harmful for us. There is nothing, if, if, if you fed yourself that somehow following Allah's guidance is a really hard thing, that is the biggest lie the shaitan has been able to sell you and the biggest con, the biggest deception that you've accepted. This deen, yuridullahu bikumul yusr. Allah wants ease for you. Everything that he prohibited is because staying away from it makes your life easier. Yuridullahu liyukhaffifa ankum. Allah wants, Allah wants to lighten your burden. He wants my life to become lighter. He doesn't want me to live a life of stress and anxiety. People say things like, how come riba is haram? Well, if riba isn't haram, you're going to just go crazy with your credit card. And then guess what? Two years from now, you're, you're taking anti-anxiety pills on your credit card to deal with the anxiety of being in debt. And you're buried. It's because of, oh, why can't I just take a student loan? Why can't I just take this loan or that loan or the other loan? And when you, when you engross yourself in that kind of debt, then college graduates that have graduated five years are still paying off their tuition in riba. And this was supposed to be a good plan. This is what, this is what Allah was saving you from. This is something Allah was saving you from. Everything he made haram. Everything he made haram. He made haram for a reason. To help you and me. That's the only reason. He didn't, he didn't make it haram to make your life hard. <laughs> so when Allah here says, to, on, the, on the tongue of Musa to go tell the Fir'aun, peace and safety and honor will come upon those who follow Allah's guidance. It is only and only shaitan who will convince you that when you follow Allah's guidance, your safety won't be there anymore. When you follow Allah's guidance, your peace will go away. People will look at you funny. If you follow Allah's guidance, you'll lose your status in society. If you follow Allah's guidance, people will think you're backwards. And if you follow Allah's guidance, then what honor do you have? What honor, what honor do you have? You know, because you're not like everybody else. Because now what's honorable? What's honorable is what is popular, right? In the new world, what's honorable is what's popular. And you'll notice the more obscene you are, the more pointless you are, the more ridiculous you are, the more purposeless you are, easily the more popular you can get. The more popular you can get. So why would I want to go in the other direction? Allah has taught us to swim upstream. He's telling a king, Musa is telling a king, you're bankrupt because you don't have salam. We have to internalize that. 
We have to live this ayah. I pray genuinely that Allah fills my life and your life with as salam. And that He fills it by us committing ourselves that we're going to try to learn the guidance that Allah has given. I'm going to try to live by what He said. It's not going to be that hard. There's only a few things He's mandated me to do. There's a few things He wants me to stay away from. And He just doesn't want me to hurt other people. He just doesn't, He just wants people to be safe from me. That's, that's it. It's, it's not hard. It's really not hard. And if I can do that, I will get the most priceless thing that I cannot get anywhere in this consumerist world. I can't get it anywhere. And that is a salam. May Allah Azza wa Jal give it to all of us. Barakallahu li wa lakum fi Qur'an al-Hakim wa nafa'ni wa iyaakum bil ayati wa dhikri al-Hakim. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-lazhin astafa khususan ala afdalihim wa khatim al-nabiyin Muhammadin al-Amin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in qala Allahu Azza wa Jal fi kitabihi al-Kareem بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد عباد الله رحمكم الله اتقوا الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء القربة وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتاب الله